Welcome back. Welcome in Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. I am looking at the mixer with one hand and then a packed suitcase, some beach towels, some suntan lotion, and then a rearview mirror that I'm going to see you in soon, Chris Anderson. And you're going to get smaller and smaller and smaller as I head down the road. Um, Hey, what's vacation like? Refresh my memory. I don't know. It's been a while. I've had a, I had a couple short ones, little two-day things. I haven't had a, a week-long one in a long time. Um, but it's nice. It's refreshing. Feels good. Warm sun. Uh, mm. Not checking your phone or Twitter every five minutes is nice. Although, don't get too comfortable. Um, I think I, maybe it wasn't your last vacation, but it was close. Was that the one where... I think I was on a golf course and you were in Italy and we were putting together a story on something that was good. What was that? It was a big story. Like everybody transferred. Kenny Robinson, Derek. Oh, yeah. All that finally happened. Yes. (laughs) And yeah, you were in Italy and I was on a golf course, was pulling over on like the eighth eighth, uh, fairway or rough or woods. And it, it was a it was a wild time. And. I think we're going to have a repeat. I think we're going to have a repeat. I think, I don't know uh, how out of pocket you're going to be, but uh, there might be some exciting stuff coming down over the next 10, seven days. Just, just to rewind one, that golf trip was fruitful for you as far as our work goes. Well, then didn't you meet somebody that turned out to be an important source of information for us? Yes. Somebody okay. in the, in the college coaching ranks that I have leaned on for a few bits of information um, and, and has a couple ties up at WVU. So it was, it was interesting. And then just to, to make even more of a mess out of this, factor in the time difference between Richmond slash Morgantown and Cinque Terre in Italy. It's five hours ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll just let you fill in the blanks there. But like, yeah. um, I was in a very uh, native mood because it, just Google Cinque Terre and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, how can you not be in a very native mood there? It was late on in the night. Um, and... I'm trying to make sense of messages that are trying to come through because a lot was happening and that was quite an adventure. Um, to be frank, I don't like to talk about this anymore because like it's one, it just, it just happens. Um, like, I don't know what it is. This probably happens to some degree to everybody, but if, if anybody listening has known me for a little bit of time or followed my work for a little bit of time, this is like a 13, 14 year old pattern. It's been, uh, eventful. It's been tragic. It's been um, rarely slow when I'm gone. And here's the worst part about this. I was supposed to do this at the end of June, which there's some recruiting stuff that typically happens. Um, you have that corner, so it's not a big deal if I go away when all the recruiting stuff happens because if something happens, hey, who better than you to handle that? I think we can agree. So I scheduled it for um, a different place. I was supposed to go to Mexico. That's not happening. Scheduled it for a safer place in the coast of Georgia and was going to do it after Big 12 media days. Those naturally got scratched out, not going to be in Dallas, but I was thinking, all right, I'll do my last responsibility before camp. Um, I'll go, I'll come back, camp will start, I'll be fine. Well, they moved um, media days to Monday, so good luck, Chris. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be, canceled. You'll be covering virtual Neil Brown for a half an hour and then whomever else there. Uh, and then I'm just uh, – the whole thing about, hey, we're going to make up our minds at the end of July – we knew that was nonsense. It was just another thing to keep them from having to answer questions or answer phone calls or emails. It's going to be the beginning and mid on of August. It looks like here, but um, about the only thing that I can assure you, Chris, is that football practice, the formal five day acclimatization period will not begin today. 
unless something drastic happens before we um, put this out to the public and that it should start on the 7th, but probably going to be a lot of blanks filled in in between today and next Saturday or next Friday. Don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I believe, well, last time we spoke, it was, we were fresh off the news that, um, College, the NCAA had approved a blanket waiver for anybody and everybody to play week zero, which was August 29th, which meant teams could start practicing uh, this Friday. And so we got all these wild ideas, or maybe just me, about West Virginia moving games, adding games, everybody playing on week zero, football getting here sooner than we thought. And then the next day, ACC drops the bomb that they're cutting – some of their non-conference games moving to a 10 plus one, not starting their season until at least September 7th. So West Virginia, Florida state's canceled on the fifth West Virginia opening with say Pitt on August 29th. That's out, out of the window, even West Virginia Pitt that we kind of threw around that is seemingly out of the window since the ACC mandated that teams must play in state for their non-conference game, even though Pitt and Morgantown is, an hour um <laughs> they, they are technically not allowed to play unless they make an exemption but yeah it 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 seemed we were going one direction when we talked two days ago three days ago and then just swung wildly in the other direction but before we move on other wild swings and misses uh like a 90-day moratorium on the findings of the investigation of oh, west virginia God. we we spent a little bit of wednesday kind of rubbing our hands together saying Hey, today's the day. Today's the day. Today is not the day. September 15th is allegedly the day. Um, I have strong opinions about this, but I'm not going to do any of them because it doesn't do me any good. You could probably guess what camp I'm in. Um, it's it's. I don't understand why you can't drag your finger to a folder on your desktop, click on the separation agreement, attach on a listserv, and send it to people who requested that. Um, the report, um, it's done. People have seen it. I've talked to people who've are familiar with it, let's say, which means someone has seen it. I don't know how much of that they're yet willing to do, but it's there. It exists. Again, you can put your finger on the screen, open a folder, drag it into an email and attach it and send it. Um, I'll grant some leniency on another request. If you had more broad stuff that involved um, things that had to be vetted at the height of this investigation, that may take some time, but one, definitely two, perhaps I'm not understanding how those weren't um, turned around and then why it's going to be until September 15th. But we did miss on that one. We missed on the week zero stuff, but I'll tell you, well, two things. One, I told you regarding the ACC news yesterday, let's not let the cat out of the bag, but this was somewhat of a surprise at, let's just say a degree that amused both you and I about how this might've caught people off guard. You remember what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. Discouraging. Is that a good word? That is a good word. <laughs> yeah. Um, about how maybe not everybody was aware of this. The other one is too, I really don't think that West Virginia was kicking around the idea of a week zero at all. And I'm not sure that, a lot of people were expecting the waiver to come through when it did, or even if it would, um, I think you probably thought you might have to petition to do it or whatever. Maybe a waiver was a way around it, but that does seem to make people say, man, I wish I knew this a week or 10 days ago. This is me with my hands in the air and just shrugging right now, how this wasn't at the height of your priority list a while ago. And you knew you had to add weeks to the season. I know we've been talking about this for weeks, but um, again, just, I think the one thing that's maybe most disappointing still is that there was a whole solidarity thing. Hey, let's lock arms and let's move this, across the finish line as one that's not happening because we're seeing conferences stunning each other as far back as what three weeks ago with the big 10. Right. 
ACC may be surprising people a little bit. SEC, Big 12, there's no way that you're going to see them do the same thing. Um, for example, the Big 12 can't do an in-state model for non-conference play because there are no other FBS or FCS schools outside of the Big 12 in Oklahoma or Kansas, so it's not going to be uniform. If and when this does progress to the playoff, data points are going to be a thing, and if one conference has 12 or 13, the other only has 10 or 11 or 12, that's going to be a tug-of-war. Um, so again, they just kind of made a mess of this as they're making a mess of it too. So it's impossible to predict what happened, except that things will probably happen here. Um, what do you think as far as emergency podcasts? What's the criteria? When will I know? What will I see in the sky? Um, when I'm on the beach and I go, "Uh Oh, Chris needs me here. Um, what, what satisfies that? When do I pick up the red phone in my beach house? I don't think I'm going to bug you if say West Virginia, locks up a, a new out-of-conference game if mm-hmm. instead of Eastern Kentucky they have to play somebody else. I won't bug you if the Big 12 moves to a, a 9 plus 1 or a 9 plus 2. Um, I will bug you if we go to if West Virginia goes to a has to add a non-conference game and it has to stay in-state and they not only add Marshall but then somehow get conned into going to Marshall because there can't be fans anyway so that I'm going to need your insight on and just to have someone else talk for a minute so that I can try not to rage for an hour Um, or not rage. I guess I'm going to be mad, just just flabbergasted by the whole thing. I think that would be a good one. Um, I don't know. I think I'd have a lot of fun going off on my own if if they suddenly just released all of the – uh, Vic Coning stuff while you're gone early, <laughs> just just to annoy you. I'll just start reading it out live on the podcast. Um, but I, I mean, is there anything that's going to shock us now at this point with the way things are going? I feel like every couple days is something new, and we're ready to roll with the punches. Shocking. That's a good one. That's a good criteria here. I think if the Vic stuff came out, that might that might warrant a phone call. Uh, everything else, yeah, is on the table just because I think anything could happen here. Um, you ready for another one of my games? Go. Okay. Um, you're, you're Shane Lyons having a snack in your office. Uh, I'm your secretary. I'm going to beep in here. Uh, Mr. Lyons, you have a call on line two. Oh, hello. Uh, patch me through. Hey, Shane, this is Mike Hamrick from Marshall. Hey, Mike, how are you? End scene. So you would take the phone call. You wouldn't just like send it to voicemail. You wouldn't say, hey, listen, I got to go to lunch. You would actually engage in the conversation. What would you do? I feel like you have to. If, if I mean, I, I would never go down to Huntington. I wouldn't consider it. I know it, the politics come into play with all this stuff. My, If I'm Shane Lyons, my obvious first phone call is I'm trying to call the ACC uh, since he's an apparent front runner for you know next acc commissioner he might as well call in a few flavor uh favors and set up something with Pitt. i mean there has to be something that that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard that it has to be in state uh florida state's going to travel what uh, you know go to miami which is i got how long is that five six hours to drive from the top of the state to the to the southern tip of the state in florida but west virginia and Pitt can't play one hour from each other i mean even if it's I guess if it's technically, I guess if it's in state, West Virginia could go to Pittsburgh and play Correct. at Pittsburgh. Um, that, that 
for me, it, it, with all these other conferences doing that, if I'm Shane Lyons, I'm almost backed into a corner that's a delightfully not unpleasant corner because my option is, and my best option is, let's play pit. Let's start this backyard brawl a little bit early. Let's do it. And, and hey, we'll go to your place first, and then we'll take a home, an extra home game later when we can have fans and make more money. So, sure, mm. let's do it. Yeah, got to do some business if you do that, too. I'm not downplaying the role of these people, but I'm not as concerned about Heather Likey, uh, John Swafford, Greg Sankey, as I am of uh, Jim Justice or Joe Manchin, if I'm Shane Lyons. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's who, not not Justice, but when Manchin was the one that kind of pushed things along last time around, too. Yeah, I would I would be very concerned about, hey, if you're going to play these games, they got to be in-state for non-conference um, as like a state role or something like that. I'm wondering what they could do. Like, hey, we don't want these teams from other conferences coming in here. You know, they've closed our walls to us. We're going to do that. I'm not sure what type, of a, what type of footing they would get, but I think they would like to maybe try to leverage us as best as they can. I, I would be very concerned about that because why not? I mean, the, the clowns are running the circus right now, so I think anything is on the table there, too. Um I guess the one thing is, too, we, we can assume safely without even knowing Atlanta's off, right? Yeah. Okay. That hasn't happened yet. Like, I've tried through multiple channels just to get someone to say the game isn't happening, which doesn't seem like a hard thing to say yes or no to, because if it's not, they would say not so fast. If it was, they'd say, yeah, can't you read? But I read the statement, and I've read it to other people, and I forwarded it to other people, and everybody's like, well, I guess it just says that those three teams aren't coming, and that's a shame, but we get that. Um the folks I talked to at West Virginia on Thursday said, we saw it. We don't have anything official saying the game is off. And I don't have anything back on a follow-up question from the Peach Bowl and Inc. So, again, maybe you're just playing this out as long as you can until you run out of runway. I get that. Um, it may be moot because if they don't have a way to have fans in there, they're not playing the game. That'll get canceled. I think if you're West Virginia, try to play it because it could be a seven-figure payday. Definitely six figures. That's better than paying a team half a million bucks to come here. Or making God, what is it? What does a West Virginia make going to Pitt or or, or somewhere two fifty, three fifty, something right. like that? Probably, um, it's just a better deal if you can do it. I think so. I would wait on that one. The trouble is, who are you playing? You're not playing an ACC team. Um, the SEC looks like they're probably going to go just intra conference, which means just conference games. The Big Ten and the Pac twelve are out. So, are you playing? A local team like a Georgia State, a Georgia Southern, um, someone like from there. I don't, I don't know what you would do. Maybe there's some FCS school you could play down there. That doesn't make any sense at all, though. So it seems like that's out. So you're looking at the minimum now. You're looking at two games because you definitely don't have Florida State or Virginia. But you might be looking at two sites, which is a whole nother matter. You got to play one of them at home, one of them on the road. I think you could go to Pitt. Because that would give Pitt a game to help them out. Again, if you can do business on the other end and you get him here in 26, I guess, maybe that does it. But what else can you do to try to make it work? A lot of it's going to depend on Group of Five, what they're allowed to do. Are they playing just conference games? Do they need one or two? Are they allowed to go outside their state, too? That whole in-state thing is a wrinkle that people hadn't really mentioned before that makes you think. And I wonder how much schools and conferences are going to weigh that information. That was the strangest statement I can remember re receiving in the email from Gary Stoken, CEO okay. of Peach Bowling. Like it, it, like you said, it it says 
it's they were disappointed that Florida State, Virginia, and North Carolina aren't going to play. But make no mention of WVU, Georgia, or Auburn. Makes no mention of all the games technically being officially being canceled. But then also kind of says we still look forward to the Peach Bowl in January. Like, okay, <laughs> moving on. So then you're thinking maybe it is. But then, again, so I, I don't know if they're – are they trying to hold out hope for uh, WVU Georgia or WVU Auburn? I know you mentioned SEC is, is batting around the idea of going strictly conference and just expanding the number of games. But why not just come out and say these games aren't happening? Because maybe they're they're just again they have a couple hail marys left. Uh, they need it. I mean, the city needs. It. I think that the CEO, Mr. Stoken, said it's a hundred million dollar windfall um, if the games don't happen. Hundred million dollars. So you figure businesses, hotels, they would like to do it. So I think as long as you can get them a chance, it can. Ultimately, what control do they have? Uh, not much because you're probably looking at most half attendance. Um, realistically, closer to zero if not zero. So um, it's not a great situation. Why rush into a worse situation right now? I would just let it play out there, too. The in-state thing is interesting to me because, um, again, there's some hypocrisy involved there, which you well pointed out, but it's clearly there. So the in-state cross-conference games can happen. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, uh, Clemson, South Carolina. Clearly it's there for that. But the, the conversation, it seems that among the many models the SEC likes is let's just play 10 games among our members, you know, um, it seems like what they'll probably try to do, since it is cross-divisional play, you play your divisional opponents, and then you just play the next cross-divisional that you're supposed to play. You play those two teams extra this year. So that's interesting. It's a way to do it, I guess. Um, but that really, really jams the Big 12. And if the Big 12 is committed to 10, at the least, they're going to have to play either the small number of ACC games and it's going to have to be on the road or they're going to have to get a bunch of group of five teams, which man, what a payday for those schools. I mean, they have all the ransom letters. They have the funny typewriter and they have a way to write all the different demands here. So the group of five teams are a potential winner in all this, believe it or not. And they're going to need the money for sure. And Hey, take it or leave it right now. That's going to be their pitch. I would think. So when you, mentioned the sec thing where that was the sec still considering one non-conference game on top of their regular like adding an extra conference game and just doing one non-conference i've seen the two um the one with the non-conference is obviously the one that's gonna complement the acc model again i don't have a high level of confidence that these conferences are trying to help each other they're trying to help themselves so no. and again why would the acc be playing a plus two model, or what is it like a plus two model? It's a minus one model, right? Well, it doesn't make yeah. any sense, but yeah, they're trying to help themselves. So I'm not sure the ECC is, is in lockstep with the SEC. You would hope kind of giving up hope that they're all working together, as I said, but the SEC loves the SEC. That's a really good way to, you know, give your teams an extra chance to, you know, get those data points and move up in whatever type of playoff system we have this year. And if you're just doing that in house, you kind of control a lot of things too. So um, you're not really, you're not making your teams put out for, again, perhaps north of a million dollars for non-conference games. You're keeping it all in the infrastructure of the SEC and you're kind of doing your own business there. Um, that does seem to be a model there. The plus one, for sure, um, but it does seem like there's a chance that it's all in conference, too, which would be unique. Um, I do think that that might be a model the Big 12 does, too. That seems like it's something that they're talking about as well, just keeping it to 10 games and you have one repeat opponent. 
100% chance that West Virginia's repeat opponent is Iowa State, right? <laughs> I was going to say Iowa State or, or TCU. Those are the first two that I would think of, yeah. The geographic rival is Iowa State, though. Of course. Yeah. I, I um, do have a, a fringe other option for Peach Bowl Inc. If, if the SEC goes SEC play only, you know, and they play 10 games instead of whatever they usually play, they they play ten and they don't play non conference. That leaves a couple of those a couple more ACC teams out yeah. to dry, and that could set up something that would fit into this West Virginia Georgia Tech, for instance, on September seventh. That's Labor Day. That would fit into the ACC's calendar. That would keep Georgia Tech playing not only in their own state in their own city. Um, it would be a game right there at Mercedes Benz Stadium. West Virginia could still head down there and play, and that could that could fill that spot vacated by Florida State. But I don't know. I'm throwing out ideas, or even keep just Florida State. I guess if the SEC is staying in conference only, then Florida State can't play Florida. So I, I guess it all depends on. Uh, God forbid these conferences doing something crazy like working together. Like you said, it, it's. I feel like each one of these leagues is like they're all in quicksand and they're stepping on each other's heads to get out and shoving the other one back under the sand. Do you think they're fed up? Like I'm fed up of just waiting on someone to do something. It seems like that certainly the big 12 and the PAC 12 were proactive and perhaps to a detriment. I wonder if they, if they had it over again, would they do the same thing? But the ACC thing was just kind of seen out of nowhere like that. I don't, I didn't have any inclination that was coming. We see tweets and we see stories all, all the time about the SEC is expected to do this. The PAC 12 is expected to do this. By and large, that came out of nowhere. And I was just thinking, Swafford, again, got everybody. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how proactive the Big 12 is being. I feel like they're still, again, it, and I didn't think it was a bad thing at first with you know waiting to get as much information as possible, but it seems every other conference is making a move, and the Big 12 is just hanging back, being like, yeah, we're good. We're going to figure it out. We'll get it eventually. Yeah, we're good. I, I don't feel like they're going anywhere. I mean, imagine having Oklahoma and, and Iowa State schedule week zero opponents just to find out a couple weeks later, hey, guys, you're not playing non-conference play, or hey, you can't play before September. I mean, the, the one thing is that that's been consistent with perhaps what the SEC is going to do and what the ACC has done is that you're not starting before Labor Day. Like, it seems like that definitely the ACC did that and the SEC is leaning toward that. That's Those are the teams that aren't even considering week zero, and yet the Big 12 has two teams right now playing week zero. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> Because we don't have a college football czar. So we don't have somebody in charge of college football. That's how. Do you think this is the, the camel back breaking here? Like this this disarray? And this is obviously a, an extreme situation. But, man, we've been talking and clamoring for someone to be in charge of this scattered, large, diverse, oftentimes combative power five. I mean, yeah, they're the autonomous group that can do what they want. But they can't do it together, it seems like, sometimes. And hardly any of it is uniform in ideal conditions. These are not ideal conditions and it hasn't been uniform at all. I wonder if we can put the pieces back together again without somebody in charge. It just seems like the autonomy has been extended so much that these conferences have kind of splintered a little bit. Well, could you imagine how much backstabbing and infighting there would be if it, if it was determined, Hey, we're going to try to find somebody to lead all of the conferences to kind of be a de facto president of college football or of the power five conferences like 
they can't even figure out how to survive during a pandemic or how to play games during a season. Uh, trying to decide who is actually in charge of all six of them or all five of them, like what would be, oh, <laughs> oh God. What, what's bad here is there's got to be a lesson from the rise and fall of baseball this past week as far as it comes to testing and to bubble or not to bubble. You can't have both, I guess. You can't have baseball and also clamor to have a bubble. Um, we've seen the bubble work in, I would say, increasingly successful rates, NBA, MLS. Um, not bad. But, like, very different was Premier League soccer, European soccer. Those leagues had no hiccups. So I wonder, like, all right, what, what notes have they taken from other ones? And I've seen some stories from different people saying that they have studied or even spoken to people over in European soccer. Um, the whole debate about a bubble in college is very, very difficult and something that you couldn't do now and you would have had to start from day one. Obviously, that's not happening. But you kind of get the idea that, all right, how can we best simulate a bubble? I don't know. But, like, okay, that's good, too. So we have all these lessons that maybe you take from other professional sports or other sport leagues or whatever that you try to apply to this college football puzzle. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it stumbles a little bit and you still learn along the way. I would kind of say that college football should be the best mm, learning implement. I don't know. And just the best lesson is that doesn't even seem like good enough because this is going to be so fluid and so live the whole time. But like if college basketball isn't watching and paying attention to this, which the NCAA does have significant control over, then all is lost. <laughs> like, like I don't have a lot of faith in the NCAA anyway, but at least they're sitting there going, okay, okay, how do we not screw this up when it's our turn, right? We're going to have the stage soon. I don't want to trip and fall. And that's not my favorite group of people here too. And I just wondered like, what, what can we learn about this, about college basketball? Like, are we going to have a bubble in Kansas city where you play all the, all the league games? Probably not because the college atmosphere, but what changes can they make to the structure or the, the length or the scheduling of the season to make it better? I don't know about that. Like maybe you're playing, I don't know, closer games in proximity. Maybe you're playing smaller pods or maybe you're playing, you know, instead of having to play, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma on a Saturday and, and then like Oklahoma State on a Monday. Well, you're double round robin. Maybe you're just playing both the Coliseum this year. And next year you're playing two in uh, the Frank Lloyd Noble, whatever his name is, center, the, the Noble Center in Oklahoma, too. I wonder like what they can learn from this to try to make basketball as seamless as it can be, because this has not been seamless and there should be something taken from it. You know what might help with the college bubble is online classes, to be honest. I, I mean, I know. This whole aspect of uh, uh, the NCAA is trying to walk that fine line of not making it so blatantly obvious that athletes are different and and they're needed. They are financial superstars for the colleges and the universities. So they're trying not to walk that bubble to set or walk that line to set up a bubble. But if they move to online classes for the fall and the spring or even just the fall for now, while this kind of plays out, that might inadvertently set up a bubble for these athletes. They stay on campus still taking their classes online, and they just play football and work out, and, and basketball does and it works out and gets ready for season, and so do other sports. But they, they keep the sports, but then keep the classes online, keep them remote. I mean, I know that causes issues with, uh, as we've discussed before, like the uh, – um, players that are in the country uh, via visas uh, with their in 
their credits and everything. But I think if you can make that work, then you you have a bubble without calling it a bubble. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, it's just it's a goal. I think like again, I don't know how you make a bubble, but it does seem like the best way you're going to start and finish with minimal interruptions here is just by isolating everybody. It's so hard to do in college, but I wish that there was a way that you could try to figure out how do we do it i don't know what it is like i'm thinking in my head as you're talking like and it's it's outrageous suggestions but like hey let's get four teams to lawrence kansas and you play thursday saturday monday and then you don't play for a week or you don't play for two weeks i don't know but is there a way to cram in your 18 games in a way that isolates people during those times i don't know how you would do it i don't know how you would split it up with 10 teams it's kind of a mathematical puzzle that just because you have the double round robin in a regular season doesn't make it quite as congruous for this but um, are there ways to do it? Like, I, I think you might have to find ways to kind of radicalize your schedule if you want to make this happen, because what we're watching here is what happens when you're learning on the fly. I won't even blame it on lack of preparation because some of the stuff is just so hard to prepare for. So I get that. Like, I'll grant you extreme benefit of the doubt in this situation. Some stuff has been fumbled terribly, I think, but the larger things that can't control have been problematic. So you learn from me. Try to do what you can. I just don't know how you can do that. And your method of online Let's point to the obvious here. West Virginia is one of a number of schools that is not letting its students come back after Thanksgiving break. Why? It doesn't make sense. You're letting them go home and act a fool for a week and come back and, you know, kind of expose the campus to who knows what. It would be counterproductive because we're supposed to be in some sort of a bubble on campus as penetrable as that bubble is. But they're not going to let them go out of their grasp and then come back in and start anew. Well, if that's the danger, that danger is still going to exist the second week of January, you're just moving the goalposts there. So the potential does exist, Chris. Like what you're talking about is maybe different. And the people who aren't going to go home during that Thanksgiving break, who are going to stay on campus, those are college basketball players and winter sport athletes who have to be around because they have practices, they have games. College basketball season is supposed to start like the first weekend in November. They're not going anywhere for Thanksgiving break. They're going to be here. You could maintain a bubble-ish atmosphere by having a campus that just has college athletes. Is that what we want? No, but I think they've kind of explained that they need to play college football, i.e. they need the money for athletic departments and then universities even to some extent. I think we're okay with that. I think we understand that. We're not dumb. Like It's a kind of a shameless thing to some extent, but it's also a cost that a lot of people cannot afford. I mean, athletic departments would fold. Universities would be in extreme financial duress for the prolonged future i would think if it takes just kind of tearing down the facade of amateurism here and just saying basically hey these people are writing us checks they're student athletes but we can't survive without them if this is going to be bad we might just have to have a grown-up conversation and say this is bad but this is the way it has to be i kind of like your idea about the basketball the the three games yeah like having four i've been sitting here (laughs) The whole time you're talking, so I'm sorry if you said something really important or enlightening. <laughs> I, I've just been over here doing the math, trying to figure out how you would rotate that because you could have like four teams in one bubble, four teams in another bubble, and two teams off that week. And then you go to the next week and rotate two other teams, have a bye. And like you said, it, make it like 10 days between games or seven days. That way you can identify, might, you, know, you know, you can do some testing, identify who might be sick, quarantine who needs to be quarantined without them missing too much time. And that's something these guys would be used to for, for basketball. It wouldn't work for football. Obviously, you can't play like three games in three days or four days even. 
Um, but with basketball, I mean, these guys play are, are fresh off of AAU where they're playing three games a day or more. And then three games the next day, you know, uh, Thursday through Sunday, they're playing eight, eight, 10, 12 games. So I, I think that might actually be something to consider. I mean, again, this is drastic. Hopefully it never gets to this point, but it is something that, that, that could, if you sat down and wrote it all out and you were smarter than me, you could figure it out. Yeah, and I think the NCAA could and should be doing that, and I suspect they are because, if again, I would recommend the NCAA's social series, their, their video blog. It's been pretty cool to watch, and their CMO, the last one they did, which was when they had some announcement about their, um, their recommendations for the fall se- semester. It's the best they can do is recommend stuff, but he just kind of like, you could tell this guy was just fed the heck up and was just like, we were supposed to have national testing, national contract tracing, national surveillance. It didn't happen. We were supposed to have protocol and an order of succession so you could resume normal business in life. It didn't happen. People opened up too fast. This shouldn't be a surprise. And he just seemed like he was restrained, but also disgusted by the whole thing. That's the guy in charge of what basketball and the NCAA championships in the winter will do. If they don't have this right, shame on them. And again, I don't have the most confidence in them, but are they thinking that obtuse? Basketball does have some some creative thinkers, and by and large, it's those those committees are coaches and people who have administrated the basketball side of things, and they listen to the basketball coaches quite a bit too. So there's potential there if they sit down and do it. And again, with regard to the recommended testing for football, test on a Wednesday, cross your fingers that you know before kickoff Saturday. We think that's crazy. You know how close the basketball games are on the schedule. You're talking like Wednesday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, stuff like that. Not a week between games, sometimes less than the Wednesday, Saturday testing gap in football. You're talking close proximity, and we don't have anything reliable, we think, for a prompt turnaround in the test. Not even the lab processing, but like a test that says, listen, take this five minutes, ten minutes, five hours, you'll know the answer. That doesn't exist right now in a in a reliable form, so basketball I don't want to talk about it because this situation as it is sucks. I don't want to talk about the thing that may suck in the future, but like you have to acknowledge the, the, the 500 pound elephant in the room. And I'm kind of hoping rolling my eyes, but kind of hoping that the NCAA is doing that. If not, Hey, you heard it here first bubbles, four team tournaments in college basketball in the big 12. I like it. It is a good idea. Now that you've talked me into my idea, Chris, how do you like it? <laughs> yeah, we need to uh, make sure we, um, put a, a timestamp on this so that if somebody comes up with this, uh, comes up with this idea in a couple of weeks, um, we make sure we can play this back. All right. Well, we solved all the problems here. Um, I'm packing my car. I'm getting out of here. Remainder of the week. Vibrant. I think, um, not only news, but coverage previews, written podcast form for college football. And then, uh, you'll have the breaking news. I'll have the, the bat phone near me. And then, um, I think you have some other things planned beginning with media day on Monday, but uh, not dead recruiting period because um, I don't know. Kids don't want to commit and want to talk right now. And it's been, it's been happening. Yeah. We'll have some coverage, like you said, from big 12 media day on Monday. We'll see what we're going to be allowed to do uh, as the team approaches practice next weekend. Um, I'm going to have updates on the 2021 hoops recruiting situation, Talked with a few more offers that I'll have updates with throughout the weekend. I'm getting in touch with some of our 24-7 sports national team to discuss some of the recruiting targets still on the board for West Virginia and guys that are already in the class. Maybe discuss some guys that might move up in the rankings, some guys that maybe they feel like 
are ranked a little low might be a little bit of a hidden gem that you know might not change because they might not have a senior year no new yeah. film so uh we'll have some more some more insight uh we'll add some new voices we'll easily replace mike while he's gone don't worry about it it's gonna be fine uh but we got a lot of good stuff coming up all right well i feel diminished i'm ready to go <laughs> I just That's... wanted to I just wanted to drag you down right before you go. That's just the jealousy speaking because you're going to be uh, at the beach and I'll be I'll be working and coaching little league baseball. So I I envy you. Good. I'll leave it on that. I, I don't <laughs> baseball would be fun, I guess. The uh, the working I'm I'm okay with not doing that for a week. It's been quite yeah. a quite a ride here. Um, but yeah, good luck to you Chris. That's all for this time. We will see you next time. I don't know when that'll be, but until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you later.